So we're back again in our small improvised studio and it's three of us uh, again, uh, Laura, Zoe and myself. So um, it feels like to me, it's kind of summarizing in a way, um, but also looking a bit further. Yeah. In our conversation, um, we wanted to little bit talk about the future and um, somehow the relations with future that we all have. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know, I just want to leave it really open without any questions, but just to frame it, what really concerns me, for example, is that what I see, how, and we actually talk a little bit about like how we actually respond to certain things that are happening currently, whether we take more control or we become more open. This also shapes in a way our relation with future and how we actually show up in what quality and with what kind of mindset. Um, what have you noticed? What what are you seeing? Um, and of course, how hopeful are you about our future? I just probably might start. I remember uh, a beautiful um, model again, as we are talking about the approach and the theories and models and um, I actually um, uh, when I met uh, Bill Sharp first at the base camp which I have uh, been part of um, in the frame of the School of Systems Change and then later on also at some other seminars he was actually talking about the future in a very different way how I knew that because uh, what I uh, let's say uh, future work how I considered that uh, like back five uh, seven years ago was that again you have those prognoses so you know forecasts Uh, you know how it was in the past so you more or less predict how it might be working in the future and then another one is that you uh, kind of create scenarios and this is actually what we started to do when the pandemic uh, started so uh, the usual way you just try to calculate what is possible and they make, make scenarios and uh, do the Uh, uh, some preparation work around that and then it does not work and then you start again and then those roadmaps which I also knew a little bit from the professional context I was working in but I never looked at the future the way Bill has presented that uh, saying that future is actually a pathway so you're moving towards that and you shape your future with every step which you are doing but basically you can imagine what it might look like and then you move towards that and then you adapt on the way and that this um that you uh, imagine the desirable future that you look at what is there also through the little pockets of the future but that you also basically shape the future with your everyday choices that was really uh at that moment like back few years ago that was pretty mind-blowing to me so it was like really looking at the future in a very different way but also uh having agency in the future so having agency that was really something I was not thinking uh, prior to that and that gave me uh, because Indira you've been also talking a little bit about the hope that gave me somehow a lot of hope because I understood well it's also me who might be um, a little piece in the shaping of the global future of the human Humanity, let's say it maybe sounds ambitious, but I guess that was a real shift uh, in the way how I was thinking about the future, just to put it on the table in the conversation. That's lovely. Yeah, it's making me think. You know that obviously I I know you know the the approach of pathways, and what I like about it is that they're plural as well. So 
I think there's also something about like the the dominant vision of Mm -hmm. the future. Um, And certainly from where I sit in Western Europe, the dominant vision of the future is very technological. Some of it still looks like Blade Runner, you know, with like flying cars and all of this uh, virtual reality Mm -hmm. and digitally enabled stuff. Um, And it's actually quite, you know, homogenous. That means, you know, it's quite same, same, and there's not a lot of room for diversity and and difference in it. And, um, and then actually, you know, some of the alternative futures that are, that are, you know, in alternative, you know, life, sustainable lifestyle movements and that kind of thing, um, often to people feel a bit like a, you know, a return to the past, you know, going back to the land and Mm -hmm. lighting, you know, with candles and being off grid. And, and actually I've noticed in a, in a children's magazine, I've got a son who's 11 and his magazine around the futures, um, there's this whole article and, and the drawings were very different, you know, like the tech ones were really shiny and mm-hmm. polished. And then the kind of alternative <laughs> ones were hand drawn and all a bit, you know, uh, a bit. And, and I was just wondering, you know, what, what does it mean to encourage f- sort of mixed up futures, uh, you know, places where uh, an intersectionality is, is a big term in, in our work at the moment, like that at the intersection of those things, mm-hmm. rather than, um, you know, again, really polarizing into either it's all tech and shiny <laughs> and, um, you know, high, highly polished, or it's going to be, you know, back to the ground and, and lighting yourself with candles. And so how, how do we actually sort of liberate some creativity mm-hmm. to create multiple mm-hmm. futures but that are that are speaking from some of the values that we want to see and um around yeah I, I, I guess there's another practitioner I really enjoy Adrienne Mary Brown so she's a sort of movement and organizer and black mm-hmm. feminist writer in the US and she says you know I just don't want the futures that I'm seeing and I don't want to conform mm-hmm. you know what would it be like to really unleash creativity around what very different visions of the future might look like. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hearing what both of you and I'm just reflecting that it's actually also kind of creates this, uh, as uh, Zoe, you said, also agency, or you can call it uh, from reactive mode to more like proactive mode. It's not like someone is will be saying that we're going to live with robots and all computers and all, or someone is, is saying that we're going to be living all of greed and stuff, but actually to really go again into some inner work and understanding where I would want myself to live on my, like the future generation, my kids, my my grandchildren to live uh, and to reflect and then to start kind of feeling what I can be doing. It can start from a very little thing like I will be not uh, throwing plastic because I don't want my children to live in uh, um, in such world, uh, but and it can go further and further but here it kind of from uh uselessness or hopelessness uh you kind of bit shift yourself as well and how you uh feel about yourself and then it can be then kind of integrated and translated into your relations with other people with with the existing systems and and i don't know the nature as well yeah totally i love this idea of like how it shows up in everyday life and yeah one of the things that i enjoy around uh Futures work is micro experiments. And uh-huh. uh, so you spoke of these like pockets of the future, yeah. but really small little things. And there's a there's a Japanese um, approach, which is around uh, Kaizen, which is like mm-hmm. the smallest possible yeah. step. But it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's like in the future, 
I, I floss my teeth and, and the idea is that you start with one tooth and you're like, what? You know, like one tooth? Like what's, the, what's that <laughs> worth? You know, it's really silly. Um, and I did an experiment last summer around uh, kind of aliveness and equivalence with the rest of life. And my experiment was like, don't kill a single mosquito. Okay. And I happen to live in a place where that's not bad for my health because there's no <laughs> malaria or any diseases here. But but again, it's how do we find these sort of fun and um, everyday ways of experimenting with the futures that mm-hmm. we want to see? Just probably to add to that, I've been reflecting once you have been speaking, uh, like the country where I come from, this is Russia. I just think that uh, there is no, uh, let's say, practice or conscious practice. And it's also probably uh, connected with the past, uh, which we are sharing um in Russia, it is that there is uh, people are not used to like you know exercising this future work, and uh, I guess that also it, it is reflected in very many different little things. So uh, and people talk most about the past, and then also in India, you've been saying it at the very beginning, maybe having some fear um, uh, of the future, but not actually not embracing that uh, like so consciously. And then talking about the little experiments, and then in India, you are working at Impact Hub Almaty, and you are working a lot with social innovations and innovators, so basically you're in the middle of all those experiments, and then might also see uh, a lot of this different reality. But I guess it's also like how to make this talk really to a habit to experiment, to exercise, to think yeah. about the future also from the position of the agency, not from the position of I cannot uh, do anything and uh, I'm just only like, you know, taking what is coming. So, and then I guess it's also some deeper work is needed on that. And then um, it should be actually also done on the broader scale. And also I think a lot with the kids because kids are really brilliant minds in terms of imagining. So how to like, you know, start to nurture this imagination work in the early, early stage. And especially in the context where uh, because of some uh, past and also some shared past, people might not be, let's say, used to uh, to have this um, type of conversation, let's say. Yeah, it probably should be like part of education and already like... I think so. All, yeah, <laughs> everything like it's shaped. Um, thank you so much. I was just... Uh, Laura, do, do you have like something that you want to share at what from what you see in current reality? What actually gives you hope? Uh, for the future? <laughs> That's a big question. Um, <laughs> I, I do see hope in that I think that there's really a, a deep sort of questioning that's going on about the, the world that we want and the lives that we want to have. Um, and I can see that at, you know, lots of different levels, uh, whether it be, you know, some of the big, big businesses we work with at Forum for the Future, you know, coming and saying, but what does it mean to be a regenerative business? You know, what Mm -hmm. does regenerative mean in our context? Mm -hmm. And right down to, you know, people in my sort of family going, oh, you know, I've never thought about a desirable future or a different way of living. (laughs) And uh, and now, you know, now I'm I'm interested to have that conversation, you know, over over supper. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's just this sense of awakening, uh, and there's mm-hmm. a real mm-hmm. hope, um, and I've had conversations a- across systems change practitioners saying that there's really that sense actually globally, that there's a mm-hmm. sort of awakening happening. Mm-hmm. Um, then my question is how do we sustain that? How do we bring it alive yeah. and, and into mm-hmm. our lives and not just as a, a moment um but really mm. as a as a shift 
And what makes me hope uh, is that uh, those conversations and those questions, they really uh, come uh, from very different, uh, from people with very different backgrounds, but also from people with very different countries. So I just see more and more people asking themselves those types of questions. And to me, it's amazing. That really gives a hope um, in a better future. Indira mm-hmm. and yourself, as you ask the question, now it comes to you. <laughs> People whom I've been meeting, seeing, talking to for the last uh, years, uh, and when I see this light and uh, some kind of spark, I feel like even one sparkling eye mix could make my day. I don't know here and stuff. So I think um, we, as a humanity, as people, we don't fully realize the potential that we hold and what we can do, even starting from very small and very everyday life. And it almost I, I also kind of as a framework, uh, we started from system thinking then to system doing. And I think it's kind of system being. Yeah. So it's kind of how we can be from now and we don't lose it also this momentum, but actually it will become part of our being that we will not be able to live differently or old way anymore not able but also not willing right not i guess it's well, both yeah. That. Yeah. well thank you for these lovely conversations thank you, <laughs> thank you so much uh laura for um being with us and having this time to reflect a little bit to little bit slow down in all this <laughs> that is happening in our lives professionally personally and to share it with us it's been um, a pleasure. thank you so much thank you